Welcome back to Headline Monday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast. And I'm your host, Spencer. And today we do have a big episode. We're going to start with some college football talk, talking about the playoffs, the New Year's Six Bowls, plus the conference championship reaction, a bunch of NFL talk as always. And then to wrap the episode up, I'm going to give my top 10 NBA teams going into the season, the NBA starting tomorrow. I'm pretty excited for that. So yeah, without further ado, let's start with some college football talk. The college football playoffs um, seeding was released yesterday at around 1230, and it went went Bama 1, there's no surprise there, Clemson 2, no surprise there, you have Ohio State at 3, okay, I I don't mind that. And number four is Notre Dame. Now, every year there is always like, uh, there's always this sense of mystery with the number four spot. No one knows who's it going to be. And it's always between like two, three teams. And this year, the number four spot was was fought between Notre Dame and Texas A&M. The, the reason Notre Dame fell from number two and now was barely a part of the discussion for for, for number three was because they got blown out in the ACC championship game like I think we'd all expect them to because Brian Kelly every time Notre Dame gets into a big game they fucking lose and then what does the and what does the playoff committee do hey you just got blown out by a team who looked far better than you eh, yeah you can get blown out again by Alabama I'm not saying that Texas A&M wouldn't have gotten blown I'm not saying Texas A&M wouldn't have gotten blown out because I think they would have lost by probably about 21 to Alabama. But Texas A&M got robbed. Texas A&M, yes, I know they lost by 26 to Alabama earlier in the season, but then they went on to win seven straight versus SEC teams while Notre Dame. (laughs) I found it hilarious how Notre Dame's like sick. Like their like signature win was that they beat Clemson like earlier in the season in double overtime, a thrilling game. But then you remember that Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence, and that win suddenly becomes like, oh, you gave up forty points to a to a backup quarterback. You you gave up forty points to the backup quarterback. Why the hell is Notre Dame in the playoffs? We 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 saw this happen last year. They. And they lost by 100 points last year. Then they're going in this year after losing by 24, getting absolutely dogged in the ACC championship. And then they're going to get dogged again by Alabama. Like, this this whole college football playoff system is kind of a joke. I'm very fucking tired of it. Because it doesn't matter who gets into that number four spot. They're going to lose by a million. And, 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 And that's the exact same with the number three spot. Because we know it's going to be Clemson versus Alabama every year as as long as Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney are the coaches. We know that's going to be the championship. That's simply how that works. And I figure Texas A&M has a better chance of beating Bama and Kellen Mond, Texas A&M quarterback, tweeted this out 23 hours ago yesterday. Quote, Texas A&M has no quality wins. End quote. All of these SEC teams that are, quote, mediocre and the media's eyes would run the table in some of these other leagues. There are only a few teams from the SEC that can really play 
that can really play in the SEC, and he is completely right. Like, I just think if just if 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 you're going off of the eye test, Texas A&M is better than the whole quote that Texas A&M has no quality wins. And no, dude, they beat Florida, and Florida just competed with Bama till the very end, and hell of an SEC championship. Like Texas A&M deserved to be in it. Both teams would have lost, but here is my fix to the college football playoffs. And this is a two-step easy fix. One, you expand it to six. I think it should be more, but a realistic option is you expand it to six teams. Because, 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 because when you expand it to two six teams, the number one and number two seed then get a bye. And then it's kind of like the four standard playoff system where you have three versus six and four versus five so everyone gets included so we don't have the fucking question marks of oh wow what if this team got in what if that team got in i think a 16 team playoff would be the best option but but i just don't think that's simply realistic for the ncaa for the ncaa but a 16 playoff makes the most sense. A 16 playoff in this sense, we would have Oklahoma versus Ohio State. And then we'd have Texas A&M versus, 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 versus Notre Dame. And then just like that, there is no question marks. Then we know who the better team is. And then, then they can get dogged by Alabama or Clemson and something else I'm really tired of with the college football playoff it's just how fucking bullshit and cryptic the committee is like oh we're the committee like dude fucking give us your reasoning like let us hone in on the conversation let us hone in on what y'all are talking about like like just shut the fuck up oh we're the committee we have to be cryptic like no dude that's the lamest shit of all time like, just let us watch. Like, let us be a part. I'm not saying be a part of the decision-making in a literal sense. I'm just saying, let us watch it. Like, let us watch for, like, an hour. Or can the like ESPN put together, like, kind of like a highlight tape of how they came to the decision that they made. Like, just give, I mean, just let us be a fly on the wall. That's the lamest shit, just how cryptic the 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 committee is the whole college football playoff system's pretty fucking stupid to me i mean i do think it's better than the bcs because I, because i do think giving more teams a chance is better but but my easy fix is just one one the more realistic option is you let us be a fly on the wall as the committee is making their decision and then two just just expand it to a bare minimum of six games six games so we can actually see who the better team is between notre dame and texas a&m because guess what both of them are losing to alabama by three four touchdowns it happens every year during the playoffs the best four teams in college football it's really not a best four it's a best two and it's Alabama versus Clemson every time. So uh, yeah, that is that. That's my college football rant. Let's move on to the NFL. Starting off with the New York Jets. They were 0-12. I mean, excuse me, 0-13 before this week, and they were 
then they were going up against the Los Angeles Rams, a, a, a playoff team. And the Jets came out and won. Now, 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 a question I saw a lot was why would the Jets win? Like, like, why would you win? Like, as a why would you win? Like, don't you want to get Trevor Lawrence? And my response to that is, are you fucking stupid? Half, ha- half of the team won't be there next year, and so will most of the coaching staff. They won't be there next year. Do you, I say, do you legitimately think that they wake up every morning, just like going to practice, look themselves into the mirror and say, we're going to get worse today so we can get that kid from Clemson? Like, no, they want to win games. This this is their job. This is their passion. Why would they intentionally lose when they're not going to be on the team next year? Like, come on, guys. Like, why would they win? That's so stupid. The Jets are stupid. They messed it up. Like, no. Fucking do, do you really think Adam Gase gives a shit on who's going to be the quarterback next year? No, no, no. Do you think Sam Darnold gives a shit on who they're going to draft as a quarterback next season? And do you think Frank Gore gives, like, come on. Like, shut up. Like, why Why would they win? I'm sure the owner gives a shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure the owner's probably pretty pissed. And that's the same with the GM, because I'm pretty sure the GM's going to stay. So, yeah, I'm sure they, they're... They're, they're probably a little upset that now the Jacksonville Jaguars hold the number one pick. And that's very interesting. That's extremely interesting to me. Because the Jaguars definitely have more of a roster right now than the Jets. And the Jags roster still fucking sucks. Do not get me wrong. But yeah, the Jags definitely have more of a, a core than the Jets as small and bare bones as the Jags core may be it's still more of a core than the Jets and I mean the Jags there they are there are two games left and I don't think they're going to win one so the Jags may win the sweepstakes for Trevor Lawrence very interesting stuff but yeah the Rams I, dude the fucking Rams who this this Rams team is so weird they just dogged the Patriots and they had extra days of rest. And then you lose to the Jets. I don't get this Rams team at all. They're 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 not a Super Bowl winner. They're just simply not. This Rams team is not a Super Bowl winner. Because you go out and you can beat the Seahawks, you can beat the Buccaneers, and then you lose to the 49ers. How the hell do you lose to the 49ers? But then guess what? Hey, you know, and you bounce back, then you beat the Cardinals. You score 38 in the process, and then you go to the next week. On like five days, you beat the Patriots 24 to 3. Absolutely dog them. Then you have a little mini bye week, and then you lose to the Jets. This 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 Rams team is not a contender. They'll make the playoffs, but they're they are no Super Bowl winner. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts looks pretty legit. Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying he's the answer. It's way too soon for that. But Jalen Hurts yesterday against the Arizona Cardinals went 24-444, 338 yards and three TDs, averaging 5.7 yards per carry. And this is 
and this is a game where well the eagles were down big quick they were down 19-7 they were down 16-0 and then guess what the eagles scored a bunch before halftime and then the second half was quite boring but i must say jalen hurts he is a rookie and it was his second start so like you're so you can't expect perfection from him like you're not gonna expect expect this phenomenal player but he's looked good he has looked very very good we saw it last week first the saints 167 yards one td and just because it may not be a great stat a great stat sheet stuffer it doesn't mean that the team doesn't look rejuvenated they beat the saints and then they were in a close one against another playoff team in the cardinals right yes yes they're in the playoffs right now so 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 this Philly team definitely looks rejuvenated and without a doubt in my mind Jalen Hurts should be the starter for the rest of the season at least for these last two games and then we'll see from there but I go as as far as to say that Jalen Hurts should be the starter next year who knows because there's a whole offseason and we saw it with Drew Locke last year Carson Wentz was I forget if that was last actually you know that that actually was last season we saw Carson Wentz with a bunch of nobodies go off and lead the team to the playoffs last season to 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 finish out the year and then he started off the season like this we we saw the same last season with um Drew Locke Drew Locke and the Broncos where they started off I mean, excuse me, they finished off phenomenal last season, and then they start off inconsistent as hell this season. So I'm not going to go as far to say Jalen Hurts is the long-term future starter. Give him a contract. Lock lock, lock him up long-term, because who the hell knows? But but what, what we do know is that this Eagles team needs to start Jalen Hurts these next two weeks. And they're not going to make the playoffs, but these are very, very crucial two weeks for Jalen Hurts. Moving on. Speaking of Drew Locke, what the hell is up with Drew Locke? I don't get this guy. Last week versus the Panthers, 21 for 27, 280 yards, but the stat that popped out, four touchdowns, zero pick, 149.5 rating, so easily his best of the season by almost 50 points and they won that game and then they come out on Saturday versus the Bills who you know the Bills they they are a better team than the Panthers but 20 for 32 132 yards one touchdown zero picks what's up with Drew Drew Locke is just too inconsistent Drew Locke a week before that 15 for 28 I mean yeah excuse me 15 for 28, 151 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. This season, his regular season stats, 14 touchdowns, 13 picks, sacked 15 times with a QBR of 51.6. Drew Locke, do you give him another season? Because Drew Locke, he has... He's such an he's such an interesting case because to finish off last season, just like I previously mentioned, he finished off last season great. There is not a doubt in anyone's mind he is legit. He is the Broncos' future. He is everything the Broncos wanted. And then this year he starts off, oh okay, 
okay, you're not looking good. You're not, you're not looking good. He's not looking good. And then you go out and you have a great game. And then you have a shit one again. It's do the Broncos hold on to Drew Locke next season? I think so. Because because the Broncos sitting at five and nine aren't gonna have a great draft pick. They'll have a good draft pick, not a great one. So the quarterback prospects that they're realistically looking at, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Kyle Trask. I think Mac Jones is good. I think he's more I think he's more of a second rounder. Let's just let's just leave it as that. And and you know, are those three guys good enough to just say fuck it and just stop rebuilding around Drew Locke and just saying fuck it, we're going and just hitting the reset switch after one season? I don't think so. So Drew Locke has had a very rough season. Uh, I will say that the injury bug hit the Broncos early this year and it has kind of let up a bit, but it hasn't, but it has not gone away. And the Broncos are in a very peculiar situation this offseason as who the hell knows what's up with Drew Locke. Moving on to the Sunday night matchup last night. The New York Giants versus the Cleveland Browns, a game that some saw as a potential good game. I did not do a predictions podcast. I did not see this one going good for the Giants at all, and that's what happened. The final score, 22-6. The Giants are not good. (laughs) I I think the Giants have a good defense, because I think the Giants have done a good job kind of like building their defense. They had a really good free agency picking up James Bradbury, Logan Ryan, and Blake Martinez. They've been drafting defense for a few for a few years now and it's worked out you know they have a good defense but the Giants offense sucks and I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer I don't and uh Colt McCoy I mean we know what to expect from Colt McCoy he's he is not great I think the Giants there their offense doesn't have much talent let's look at their big three for this week Colt McCoy Wayne Gallman and Darius Slayton yeah, you can't expect much from an offense like that. And, I mean, at least Colt McCoy was kind of efficient. He didn't throw a pick. You know, Alfred Morris got 5.6 yards a carry. But, yeah, no. Like, the Giants stink. They're not making it to the playoffs. Like, the Giants, we thought we thought for a second there. We thought for a second there. They're on a four-game win streak, right? Yes, yes, they're on a three no a four game win streak i had to count that real quick they're on a four game win streak they beat the seahawks they were looking good then they lose by a lot to the cardinals because their offensive line was non-existent that game and then they lose to the browns because it's colt mccoy and their offense sucks i don't know if the giants have scored 30 plus this season they haven't scored 20 plus since november 15th and they have not scored 30 plus since October 11th. This whole offense just needs a rework. They, I'm like, they're in the same situation as the Broncos right now, where they're looking at, hey, do we, do we, do we abort mission on this quarterback that we have? And the Giants, as I don't think the Broncos should, because I think Drew Locke has talent there. I think the Broncos should abort mission on Daniel Jones. Just get some value for him. 
or you know maybe you can trade up in the draft with them who knows and then you know just go from there and you draft a quarterback just just reset that is my opinion i don't think daniel jones is the answer to the giants problems and uh yeah like giants defense is good but their offense sucks obviously saquon's been out this season but yeah they're bad Moving on to what what everyone saw as the game of the week leading into this week. 12-1 Kansas City Chiefs facing the 10-3 New Orleans Saints at 425 on CBS. The Chiefs won 32-29. Patrick Mahomes looked phenomenal. That touchdown pass he had was unreal. The Chiefs rushing game was working well. Clyde Edwards Elair, 5.6 yards a carry. I don't know his injury status. I know he got hurt. I don't know how that's looking for him for the rest of the season. Le'Veon Bell got 4.1 yards for carry with a touchdown. But the real headline here, because we already know the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. We already know that. The Chiefs are phenomenal. There is no question about it. But the Saints, Drew Brees, coming back from his rib-lung collapse injury, started off 2-for-10 with an interception, and he did not look good. 15-for-34, 234 yards, 3 touchdowns, and 1 pick. Now, do not get me wrong, towards the end of the game, Drew Brees picked it up. But, but, to start the game, he did not look, he looked bad. Drew Brees looked bad he was forcing throws he was missing guys but then once he got that deep bomb that got him down to the red zone it was like okay well it's the saints they'll be all right and as they did not win i do think this is a step in the right direction for the saints i don't think they should have played drew Brees. i get that hindsight's 2020 but but i do think Taysom hill should have played even if you lose the game, I think you should just get Drew Brees healthy because let's face it, you are a lock for the playoffs. If you don't get the number one seed, yeah, you know, that kind of blows. But at the end of the day, you'll be all right. And I do think Drew Brees, I think they should have sat him. Just said, hey, you are you are not 100%. Let's just give it one more week. So then, so then you'll have two weeks against who is that the vikings and then the panthers to get things settled oh dude they have a christmas day game that's cool but yeah against the vikings then the panthers and then you'll be ready for the playoffs now nah, let's just start let's just throw them out there i didn't really like that that much but yeah 15 for 34 started off the game very very rough i think this is a step towards the right direction give given the circumstance that um, Drew Brees played. But without Michael Thomas, that is a major blow to the offense. And the Saints, I mean, they still almost won. 32-229, it was just simply too little too late for the Saints. And uh, yeah, Drew Brees though, he started off rough. He started off very, very, very rough. Moving on to the Chicago Bears. The Bears started off 5-1, and one and everyone was like, oh, yeah, but they're kind of a fluke. And then they lost, like, <laughs> then they lost, like, how many straight? They lose, like, seven straight. I, I, I forgot how much they lost, but they lost a lot of games straight. And then they go out last week. They beat the Texans 36-7. to seven, And but Mitchell Trubisky, oh, my gosh. 
24 for 33, 267 yards and three touchdowns. He looked phenomenal in that blowout. And then, well, you know, then you go to this week. All right, well, can the Bears keep it up? They won against a game. I mean, excuse me. They won in a game that was must win for both teams. And Mitchell, you know what? 15 for 21, 202 yards, one TD, one pick during a win. That's not too shabby. You know, like that's not a super bad stat line. But, but you know, the, the number that sticks out to me the most there is 21 attempts. And then when you compare it to their rushing game, Mr. David Montgomery, 32 rushing attempts. It's looking like the Bears are going the Raiders route. It's looking, it's, 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 it is looking like the Bears are going the Browns route where they kind of know, hey, this quarterback's not that great. Let's just run the ball with our pretty good running back and just hope for the best. And it's been working. Now the Bears are on the outside looking in of the playoffs. The Cardinals sit at eight and six. And the Bears sit at seven and seven. Can the Cardinals potentially lose two straight? But can the Bears potentially win two straight? The Bears playing the Jaguars next week, looking like a win. Then to close out the season, they are playing the Packers. The Packers right now, they have the number one seed. I expect them to stay there. And the Packers will most likely, with this, despite the possibility of the Saints losing next week, I don't know who they're, as you know, they're playing Minnesota. Despite the possibility of them losing than the Packers winning, um, the Packers will most likely have their starters in. So the Bears aren't winning that game. Simple as that. But are the Bears back? Uh, no. 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 They still need a quarterback. Please, please do not get fooled by this. David Montgomery has been running wild during the Houston game. 10.3 yards per carry. He ran it 11 times. 113 yards and one touchdown. And then, you know, the stat line against the Vikings. Monster monster game 32 carries 146 yards and two touchdowns i wish i had this guy in fantasy but my team's doing just fine and uh yeah so are the bears back hell no they need a quarterback pronto stat asap they need a quarterback it's not looking good for the bears moving on to the last nfl game i'd like to talk about then i'll get to some nba stuff the texans are doing Deshaun Watson what what they're doing to him should be a federal crime because Deshaun Watson is trying his fucking hardest to at least stay competitive 33 for 41 373 yards and two touchdowns against one of the best defenses in the league this is unfair. And then the Texans. We literally just saw this two weeks ago with the bad snap to Deshaun Watson that led to a fumble. Deshaun Watson, fourth and five, I believe it was, maybe on the Colts 25-ish. He throws it to Kiki Kuti. Excuse me if I'm saying that name wrong. And then Darius Leonard makes a great play and forces a fumble two yards away from the goal line two yards away from the touchdown from going to overtime then who knows from there but Deshaun Watson is having an MVP type season he's just not on the Chiefs or the Packers or the Bills and I'm not trying to say 
you know, that's the only reason why Rodgers, Allen, and Mahomes are in the MVP race. They're obviously playing incredible. But Deshaun Watson should be in that conversation. It's just, he's on the Texans. He's left to suffer with the dumpster fire of no first or no second round picks, the highest the highest payroll in the NFL, and an interim head coach. Yeah. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. I don't know what the Texans' future is. Um, they have to find a GM plus a head coach. I know that. And um, I don't know what they're going to do. But you got to. I know that you have this guy locked up. But make him happy. Because y'all. <laughs> because, because the Texans need all the help in the world right now. Because they are just wasting Deshaun Watson. And it is not looking good. Moving on to my top 10 NBA teams going into the season. Let's start off at number 10 with the Golden State Warriors. I know Klay Thompson's out, but they have Steph Curry back. They have Kelly Oubre. They have Andrew Wiggins. Draymond Green is doubtful to start the season, and they have James Wiseman. I really like this lineup. I really like Steve Kerr. It just blows that they do not have Klay Thompson in there because... I mean, Steph Curry, to me, no disrespect to Damian Lillard, but, you know, Steph Curry, to me, is the best point guard in the NBA. Kelly Oubre is a borderline 20-point-per-game scorer. I understand that Andrew Wiggins is kind of a meme for not living up to his potential, but he's still a pretty good fucking player. Draymond Green, he's a glue guy. And James Wiseman, there's a reason why he was a top draft choice. He's really good at, at center. So, so, yeah. I'm excited to see what this Warriors team does, and I'm excited to see how Steph Curry leads them. Moving on to number nine, I have the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam, despite his bubble struggles, I think just over this season, we are going to see a jump. I understand that that this is a very different offseason, so we're probably not going to see that many giant leaps, except if you didn't make the bubble. And the Raptors, they're like the pest that won't go away. Re-signing Fred Van Vliet was a phenomenal move. They have guys like Norman Powell on roster that can put up 15 points per per game whenever they want. They have OG Ananobi, who is a 3 and D guy. And, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Raptors because as long as they have Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri, I think they'll be just fine. Moving on to number eight, I have the 76ers. The 76ers have been in a bunch of headlines recently because of the James Harden thing. And I must say, Daryl Morey has done a good job with the Sixers team. Last year, they tried to go all defense. Get up Josh Josh Richardson. Get him Al Horford, and then we'll see from there. No, that's not how you put a team around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because then you have no shooting. That That is when the 76ers team was very, very good, was when they had shooters just lined up around them, and that's what Dara Mori saw, and that's what he did. Trading Josh Richardson for Seth Curry, a win-win deal. Then you trade Al Horford plus a first-round pick for, for Danny Green insanely good deal for the 76ers because they got rid of the Al Horford contract and I get that 
the whole Danny Green meme that oh Danny Green sucks. He 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 doesn't suck. He just simply doesn't. He's he did suck in the bubble. He was pretty fucking bad. But yeah, they got another shooter around them. And Tobias Harris, despite making way too much money, is still a talented player. So I do think the 76ers team is looking good. And hopefully Ben Simmons can shoot the ball more. He at least needs to have the confidence to do it. Moving on to number seven, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, Kawhi and Paul George. I'm not concerned about them with their bubble struggles. I'm just saying you can't be a second round exit losing three to one. I think they got better in free agency with picking up Serge Ibaka instead of Montrez Harrell, but you can't blow a 3-1 lead in the second round and expect me to just be like, all right, well, they're a top three team. No, shut no, just shut the fuck up. We're only like three months removed from that, okay? Like, I think Kawhi's a top five player. Paul George is top 15. He He's around that range. And... I do think Surge is better than Montrezl Harrell, so that was a phenomenal pickup. But yeah, I just this, I, I think this Clippers team, I think they just, I think they need to prove something. They need to prove something to people like me who say, no, you're not just gonna go back to like, oh, the whole Kawhi, was that New Balance slogan? Like this is his city. Shut up. No, it's not. I, I love you, Kawhi, but no. As you know. There is no way that Kawhi was like, yeah, nah, let's let's make it like that. There's no way. Moving on to number six, let's talk about the team that came back on them, the Denver Nuggets. I'm high on this Nuggets team. I'm very high on this Nuggets team. Jamal Murray is going to have a leap. He is. <laughs> he looked phenomenal during the bubble experience. And, and Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA, paired with a dude who... Oh, was it last last off season when they signed Jamal Murray to a max? My wasn't my first thought was why are you doing that? I see why they were doing that, and the core surrounding them. They did lose Jeremy Grant because the Pistons like to give big contracts to people. But Bol Bol, I'm not saying Bol Bol is gonna be a god, but Bol Bol's looking good. We saw the practice, we saw the preseason last year. I mean, not the preseason, the exhibition games before the bubble. So basically like the bubble preseason. I'm I, I'm liking this Nuggets team. They're young. They're fun. Nikola Jokic is one of the funnest players to watch to me. I'm excited to watch this team moving forward. Number five is the Brooklyn Nets. This is potentially the most talented team in the NBA. We just haven't seen them play together yet on a stage. And we're going to see it tomorrow. And I'm very excited to see it. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's fucking insane already. Then you have Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, fucking Jarrett Allen, DeAndre Jordan, and you look at their team and you're like, oh, they're insanely talented. But, you know, the reason they sit at five and not one, I mean, definitely, excuse me, definitely not one, like, instead of two or three is because, well, we haven't seen them play together. I'm not going to put all my eggs in this basket when we don't know how this team is going to work. And we and we don't even know if Dinwiddie, Levert, or Allen will be on roster in the next coming months with the whole James Harden saga. So yeah, the Nets, I'm liking what they're doing, obviously. Um, I found it hilarious that Charles Barkley told like Kyrie to just shut the hell up. That was very funny. But uh, yeah, moving on to number four. 
Milwaukee Bucks, they signed Giannis long-term. They have that stability there. That's what the Bucks desperately needed. And I do think Drew Holiday was a very good pickup. They overpaid a lot, way too much for him, way too much for Drew Holiday. But I think that was a very good pickup for the Bucks. And I think as long as you have Giannis, I mean, let's not forget the Bucks had the best regular season last well, last last season, and Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis—that's a pretty good big three. Moving on to number three, I have the Miami Heat. They made a finals run last year, and I love what they're building with Jimmy Butler being the team leader. I like. As I something that I really like that's kind of going like under the radar is basically you, Donis Haslam, just being another coach. I really like that a lot. That's <laughs> that is very cool. But yeah, you have Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. I'm not saying Tyler Hero is a fucking god like some would say, but he is a very good young guard. And Duncan Robinson is automatic. He had some final struggles, but he is automatic. Goran Dragic came back on a pretty team-friendly deal, and Bam Adebayo came back on a massive deal. But yeah, this this Heat team is a fantastic mix of veterans and young guys and Jimmy Butler being in the middle, leading them to a potential another finals run. I would not be surprised. Moving on to number two, I have the Boston Celtics. This may be too high for some people, but but I must say, I think Jason Tatum is ready to be an MVP candidate. I think this may be the season. It may be too early, but I think this may be the season that he takes the massive leap because Jason Tatum is already playing phenomenal. He has Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown by his side. I think the Celtics made a good move by picking up Tristan Thompson. I think the Celtics team, I, I, I really think Jason Tatum is ready to make that jump. And when you have Kemba and Jalen Brown right there, I think they're going to be good. Marcus Smart being the spark plug off the bench. I think the Celtics team is going to be very, very, very good. Moving on to number one, though. No surprise here. Reigning champions, Los Angeles Lakers. They won the championship, and um, they got better. Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews, Mark Gasol. Who else did they get? Who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they they got better, and they signed Kuzma long-term last night, a three-year, $40 million deal, which I get also Kuzma is a meme, but that's because, you know, he has the spotlight on him, and I think Kuzma's good. I think Kuzma's good. And for $18 million per year, let's just say he takes a leap. Let's just say he does some, some, I say he does some pretty good things because he was in the 2017 draft. He's still a young guy. Let's just say he does some shit. Let's just say he takes a little leap. $18 million per year next, next season, that may be a steal. That is, I think, what the Lakers are banking on. And Taylor Horton Tucker has been looking good during preseason. I'm not saying THT is going to be, uh, oh my God, he's, he, oh, he's going to make a big jump. No, that's uh, those people are stupid and they're overreacting to preseason games. But I mean, the Lakers, they have, they have LeBron and Anthony Davis and they added more spacing with Marcus Gasol. They added another 
guard in Dennis Schroeder. They added Wesley Matthews, who's a good 3 and D guy. And I just think, I don't think anyone's stopping this Lakers team. I'm excited for the NBA starting tomorrow night. Going to be very fun to watch. Uh, Yeah, that's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at StutteringProds. That's Stuttering, P-R-O-D-S. And Instagram at StutteringSportGuy. I hope you enjoyed and have a phenomenal day. Where's the stop? Fuck.